Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. I was 16 at the time, and I was dealing with some shady characters for shady reasons that I won't go into. I had two friends though that I was very close with at the time who were basically my guides to the street because up until then I was pretty much a sheltered kid. Anyway, one night we were at a club having drinks and dancing. Great night, went well, ended up getting familiar with this boy around my age. He was 18, a med student, hot as hell and I just couldn't resist. I was pretty drunk whilst making this decision, and I was separated at the time from our designated driver. I clearly said yes like the horny moron that I was, and a few moments later I ended up in his car, doing some stuff while he drove me back to his place. We pulled up to a house which, in a better state, I would have recognized as being a red flag house. Two stories, decrepit catwalk, built into the side of a hill, I looked like 200 plus years old. You get it. Spooky looking. He turns off the car and tells me to wait there while he heads in to clean up and get ready. I agreed and he bolted inside. I was waiting for what for like an hour and a half I think and eventually I got tired of waiting, got out and I started heading up the hill to the window. Inside I could hear all kinds of clattering and glass being moved as well as several animals. Now, I was still expecting certain things to happen that night, so I figured a little peep through the window wouldn't hurt. But, instead of naked pecs and body oil, I saw him moving a bunch of old bottles and a handcart into another room down the hall. I got curious, and my state was beginning to improve, so I ran around the house to the other window. 
and there I saw hundreds of those same jars sitting on shelves and piled up on the floor. With a closer look, the jars looked like they all had what appeared to be animal parts and maybe even fetuses inside, which somehow made sense to me considering that he said something about wanting to be a vet at some point. I now realize that I was rationalizing all of this under a horny and drunk state, which may have gotten me killed in the end had I not been so nosy. Anyway, he was coming back, so I dashed back to the car and waited, acting more drunk than I was at this point. He ushered me out of the car and we started making out right there. Then he started moving me toward the house. At this point, I was beginning to get creeped out from the previous information that I had now begun to process but he just kept physically pushing me towards the house and I pretended to stumble and pushed back at him. But he just grabbed me by my shoulders and kept pushing me harder and I was sober enough to be scared though. But we got inside and the first thing that I noticed was just the smell of the house. Like heavy, heavy chemicals and actual shit. He again told me to wait there in the foyer, but this time it was much more forceful. He booked it around a corner and as soon as he did, I caught a glimpse of his kitchen through the living room shutter. And there was blood and tarps everywhere, with fur and feathers lying around too. And at this, I immediately unbolted the door, slipped out, and knocked a pile of timber in front to bar it shut before taking off faster than I have ever run in my entire life. I never want to really know what he was doing in there, but... Thinking about the possibilities sure makes me sick to my stomach. I've never gone out like that since then and I don't plan on doing it ever again. So I was a housekeeper for beach rentals for a short time up and down the coast. Some houses were brand new and massive. Others were original homes from the first settlers that have been able to stay in the family. I felt little things working in some of these homes for sure, just gut feelings that I'm being watched or that I'm not alone in the home, but I'm always able to dismiss it and laugh the fear off. Nothing ever happened to me to make me think that there was anything actually there. But then I was tasked to clean this older house, two stories, right on the beach. And right after walking inside, I heard a shuffle from the back bedroom. I yelled out who I was and all that, the housekeeping bit but nobody answered, which is expected since no one is supposed to be there when I get there, but occasionally another housekeeper will stop by to help out and whatnot. I checked around quickly and I discovered that I was alone, so I just got started on my tasks. Now, the way the house is set up is the bottom floor is the three bedrooms and a bathroom, all side by side and small, if you were in the bathroom, you would look down the very short hall into the end bedroom with the other two bedrooms lining the hallway. The front door and the stairs on the top floor are parallel with the bathroom, kind of like uh, an L shape. I'm just explaining the layout so you can picture this a little better, since I'm not about to go back there to get a photo. So I started downstairs in the bedrooms pulling all the sheets to wash kept feeling like someone was in the house with me but again I just brushed it off. I would keep looking over my shoulder behind me without thinking about it and the pit of my stomach just grew and grew. Now, I'm really good about staying logical and calm laughing at my fear but this this was really bad. 
I just felt truly scared for once, and nothing had given me a reason to. The closer that I got to the end bedroom, though, the lump in my throat would grow. So I just kind of left it alone and decided that I would tackle it once I was done upstairs, with the kitchen and the living room and the bathroom. Once I got upstairs, I felt a lot better, but my eyes kept skirting over to the stairs. I could have sworn, though, that somebody was standing at the bottom, like it was unable to come up, just waiting. I say this because every time that I would glance over, the slightest shadow would move as if the top of the head was peeking up into view. Being upstairs, though, I was able to calm myself down and put on some music and get to clean. Once I was done, I was able to go downstairs again confidently, but once I got to the bottom, I was attacked by just complete fear. I was frozen, eyes wide, walking slowly and doing my tasks quickly and quietly, always looking around. I eventually went into the back bedroom and I walked around the side of the bed so I could keep my eyes on the door. I pulled sheets and pillowcases but I was getting slower and slower at it. My anxiety was leaving my fingers tight and shaky. Then a breeze flew into the room but only underneath the bed. cold and rushed my feet and then it remained extremely cold on just one of my ankles. It was like something was grabbing my leg but made out of cold air and... I didn't know what to do but shuffle sideways away from the bed in a frozen sidestep. Then I just darted upstairs and I sat outside the upper porch shaking until I calmed myself down. I was forcing myself to make up any logical excuse for that because I truly didn't want ghosts to be real and me to have to deal with this right now. I was so scared though that I was ready to walk out of that house and call my work but I knew that they would fire me and I really needed the money. So I calmed down and I focused on finishing the upstairs. I went into the bathroom and noticed that there was a painting in there. Realizing that there was no artwork in the entire house except for this piece. It was of two women hanging out of windows dressed in old timey clothes. I think the 1700s. And everything was painted black except for them in the windows. And looking closer at their faces I saw contempt. One girl was looking away with anger, the other was staring right at me with a smile and just evil eyes is the only way I can describe it. And then I noticed that everywhere I moved in the bathroom, her eyes followed me. I tried to clean the mirror and I couldn't stop staring back through it at the painting behind me. My gut told me to just get the hell out of that bathroom and so in the end I did. I couldn't even bring myself to even look at the closed door of the bathroom. It made me so scared. And this fear that I'm describing, it was unlike any other feeling that I've ever had. It was being forced on me. All my senses just painfully active. My body was screaming at me to kick rocks. But I had to finish at least bare minimum. And I still had to make the beds and vacuum the floor. And I truly couldn't lose this job. And I mean, how would I explain that I didn't finish because I was spooked? No one would believe me. So, I'm running downstairs, rapid, making the beds and finishing up. I go into the bathroom to wipe off the mirror and I look into it and I see the doorway behind me into the end bedroom. And I swear to you that there was a figure just standing there, made completely of shadow. 
Everything radiating off this figure was just making my skin crawl too. The hair was standing up on the back of my neck and I even started to cry without realizing it. I blinked after what felt like forever just staring at it and as soon as I did, it was gone. I whipped around to face whatever it was but I didn't see anything. I stared into the bedroom from the bathroom for a few seconds, contemplating making a dash for the door when I saw the vacuum still plugged in there and I couldn't leave all my tools behind. All I had to do was grab it and load it up and everything else was taken care of though. So I started to yell to garner bravery. It made me feel a little better. Just a lot of mock confidence like, oh yeah, you little bitch and stuff like that as I'm marching in and wrapping the cord up. I'm looking down, clicking the little backside of the plug and part onto the wire when I suddenly see in my upper peripheral someone in front of me, in between the bedroom and the bathroom. I was so taken aback by this that I instantly looked up and right at a woman staring back at me. She was just standing there in a nightgown-like dress and she was just staring at me. My body started vibrating with adrenaline, heart pounding, fear locking my bones. I literally couldn't comprehend what the hell I was looking at, but her eyes were just evil and she wanted to hurt me, I think. And this thing was standing between me and my exit out of there. I looked back down at the vacuum cleaner with a quick thought of chucking it at her when she just disappeared. I didn't wait. I took that chance to sprint out the door and when I did, I found that it wouldn't open. I'm shaking the doorknob at this point and I'm trying to scream for help but my throat is making whispers. I'm unlocking and relocking, kicking and it's just not budging. I dart upstairs and clutch the couch, staring wide-eyed at the stairs. Literally in front of my eyes, she comes up to the halfway mark, staring at me, just looking pissed. She's dipping in and out of vision, like her body is made of different thickness of smoke or something. Her face is fading a little and then her body, but she kind of just stayed there. I truly didn't know what else to do but run for the porch next to me, hang off the balcony and drop the seven-ish feet down. And when I landed, I looked up at the front door and it was cracked open just partially, like it was inviting me back inside. I walked down the street a bit, called my boyfriend to come and get me and... I just cried. When he got there, I explained everything and I think that he wanted to believe me, but like how I am, everything can be met with logical answers. I calmed down quickly with him there and we just went home. I ended up quitting shortly after due to poor hours, but I ended up telling my manager while I was still there that I would not work for that house again. And she said that I wasn't the only one to complain about feeling creeped out in that house. I didn't tell her what I saw because, well, I didn't want her to think that I was crazy. And it made me wonder who else cleaned it and saw something but didn't say anything besides feeling creeped out. I do still have nightmares sometimes about that painting. I mean, why was it the only one and who made it? How old was it? I hate seeing their dead stare in my dreams and it's been a year since then. I can promise you guys too that I have never felt fear like this. I still can't explain everything that happened that day. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. 
That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So, I've kind of wanted to share this for a while, but a combination of technical difficulties and residual fear have been preventing me from doing so thus far. Now, though, it's the middle of the night and I've got nothing better to do, so I'm going to get this off my chest. I grew up with my parents, who were reasonable, loving people, but who were also more than a little paranoid when it came to the internet. Anything that allowed anonymous communication in any form was banned, point blank, from the household. Even Club Penguin wasn't allowed because you could chat in it. So naturally, when I got my first laptop at 12, it was a piece of crap, gotten only because of all my homework that year was online. The first thing that I did was start trying to talk to people online. I wasn't going into chat rooms or anything because my parents' warnings still resonated with me, but I wasn't avoiding contact either. I ended up making a DeviantArt account, I know, I know, cringe, where I didn't do much posting, as a lack of artistic talent really. In spite of this, however, I was contacted via private message by a guy who I'll call Joker because his profile picture was that of the Joker. That should have been a warning sign in and of itself, honestly, but I just went with it. Joker just started talking to me out of the blue. I think that I'd commented on one of his pieces or something and he reached out to me to thank me for my kind words. We started talking. It turned out, too, that we had a lot of common interests. We played some of the same games, like some of the same cartoons, etc. And he seemed like a, a really, really nice guy. I think that it was maybe a week or two in that the first uncomfortable thing happened, even if I didn't exactly think much of it at the time. So the two of us shared a somewhat misanthropic view of the world. So there was a lot of dark jokes passed back and forth between us. And sometime about a week after we first started messaging, he casually mentions thinking that the world would be better off without him. I sent him a sad face and assured him that it wouldn't, as I quite liked talking to him. He didn't say anything more about it then, so I assumed that that was it. But it wasn't. 
Joker talked about suicide a lot, and his talking about it quickly morphed from passing commentary to long graphic rants about how much he hated himself and wanted to die and what method would be best for him to do so. I spent hours talking to him over chat, terrified that one day I wouldn't be able to do enough and he'd actually do it. But then, his messages started to get creepy in a, a different way. He started telling me how grateful he was to have me, how no one had ever cared about him as much as I did, how important I was to him, how he couldn't live without me, and how he would just die if ever he were to lose me. And I could see that he was obsessed. Well, one day, a couple of months in, my laptop breaks. It wasn't too bad, but it still took a couple of days before everything was back in working order. And I logged back into DeviantArt to find dozens of messages, all from Joker. They started off normal enough, but quickly became frantic after I didn't respond. The last message that he'd sent was along the lines of, I can't take this anymore, followed by a link to a picture image. The image was a pair of slit wrists. I was horrified, and I quickly messaged him back, terrified that i just lost a friend. And he responded, I thought that I'd lost you. I thought that you'd left me, and I couldn't handle the pain without you. Don't ever do that to me again. I said that I wouldn't, and he seemed relieved by this. But he only got worse from then on. It reached a point, in fact, where practically our every conversation consisted of him either professing his obsession with me, threatening himself, or both. And the stress was definitely keeping me up at night. I was terrified that one day soon, I'd open up the chat and just see nothing. I was utterly convinced that it was my job to keep this guy alive, and that I was failing miserably at it. Joker kept escalating, until one day, nearly a year in... He finally said something that frightened me so badly that I had to leave. Joker started talking about how I was the last good person left on this miserable planet and stuff like that. He waxed on poetically about how much he wanted to end himself and said that he'd finally found a way to truly be happy. He said that the only way that he'd ever be able to find happiness was in ending himself and taking me with him. That way, he reasoned, we would always be together, free from the cruel weight of the world. He started going into very detailed, very graphic descriptions of how he was going to do it. A lot of them involved carving out my heart, then clutching it to his chest and laying beside me as he took his own life too. And obviously, I was terrified. Enough so that I did what I should have done a long time ago, and just deleted that account. For years following this incident, I never spoke to anyone online. Even to this day, actually, there's still a lingering sense of dread when it comes to online interactions. So, I'll give some backstory on this. The house that I'm currently living in has an attic and I've lived in this house for the past 8 years since I was 13 years old. One night, during a bad winter, where it was constantly raining and had strong winds, I hear boxes being moved in the attic. I freaked out and I lay awake the whole night, listening to those weird sounds coming from the attic. In the morning, I confronted my parents, asking if it was them. 
They both denied it and had no reason to go into the attic. They only go into it around Christmas time because that's where we store the tree, the Christmas decorations and stuff we don't use but don't want to throw away. I told them that I heard noises though and both brushed me off and claimed that I was just hearing things. But the next night I heard the sounds again. And the next night and the night after that, for the whole week in fact... I told my friends at school and they said someone must be in the attic. I told them that that was impossible. The only way into my attic is by grabbing the ladder from the shed in the garden, coming into the house, and next to the laundry, which is next to my room, there's a hole. Like a, a proper hole. Sorry, I really don't know how to describe it, but it's just like a hole, with a panel covering it, and that's how you get into the attic. After that week, when the weather cleared up and I didn't hear any more noises coming from the attic, I simply forgot about it until I forgot my key one day. I called my dad, who was at work at the time, and asked if there was a spare key hidden somewhere that I could use to get in. And he told me that there was a way of getting into the attic via the roof. He told me about a large panel on the roof that could be removed and you could actually get into the attic. It was pretty easy to get onto the roof and my younger brother has done it many times with ease to rescue our cat or balls that have ended up there. But my blood went cold because someone could have gotten into the attic and someone could have been in our attic for a week. And then a dark thought crossed my mind that what if he was still in that attic? I noped out hard and I just walked around the neighborhood for three hours instead while waiting for my dad to come home. And when he did, I told him again about that week that I heard noises in the attic and how he could have gotten in. And again, he just brushed it off. The next few years were filled with the occasional horror moments though. For instance, I have two glass doors in my room that face the backyard and we have lights on motion sensors in the garden. One night while I was sleeping, my dog asleep next to me and my back to the glass doors. My room was suddenly flooded with light which meant that someone or something was in the garden. I didn't think much of it, maybe a stray cat I thought. But right then is when my dog started growling. He's a very sweet and timid dog that our kitten bullies in fact, and at this I kind of froze. I'd never heard him growl before and then that's when I heard a tapping on the glass door. Honestly, I wanted to cry because I was terrified if whoever was tapping on the glass wanted in, the glass wasn't about to stop them. The tapping continued for a few more minutes. I lay still, pretending to be asleep. And then I heard the doorknob being tested, and then my dog started barking, really deep and menacing-like. And whoever it was, they fled. I didn't sleep for the rest of the night, scared that he was going to come back, and in the morning, my dad yelled at me due to the dog barking and waking him up. I cried and told him about what had happened, and once again, he just didn't believe me. Another time, when we had changed the locks because my brother had lost his wallet with his keys in them, and our address was in his wallet. It was later found at my mum's house, by the way. My dad gave me my new key for the front door, and I put it on my bed and went shopping with my dad and my brother. And when I came back, it was gone. I searched everywhere and it just never turned up. I ended up taking the spare key my dad had hidden in the garden and pretending that it was my main. He would later put another key in the garden which was hidden under my dog's bed. This is important for later as well. Other things had happened too but I think I've given enough backstory now. 
This was about two months ago. So, my dad travels for work sometimes, and when he does, my brother stays with her mum, and I look after the house and the animals. My dad had been gone for five days when this happened. I left the main computer on, and it was just on the Google homepage. I went to bed, and I woke up two hours later, and my stomach was killing me. I rushed to the bathroom, and I threw up. I had made a bit of a mess, so I went to the kitchen. I have an open plan kitchen, so it's also a dining room and a small living room in this big room. The main computer is also in this room, to grab a mop and a bucket. And that was when I saw the computer screen was on. Not dark, like when you don't touch your computer for a while, and the screen goes black. Curious though, I went over to take a look at it and saw that it was on YouTube, on a random music search page with the music typed into the search bar. I was freaked out by this because I was kind of like, what the hell? I clicked back and it went on a few different music things before going on a website of a uni that my brother was considering going to and I had taken him to the open day only a few weeks ago. Then I clicked back again and it went on my email, I leave it logged in, and then it went to my uni homepage. I was beyond freaked out because all I could think was someone was in my house, that they'd used my computer and gone searching for all this stuff. But why? I quickly grabbed the knife and I headed to the main living room which is next to the front door. I called my best friend who lived a 30 minute drive away and she told me that she was coming to pick me up. I searched the living room while on the phone to her and I told her that if I screamed to call the police and after making sure the living room was safe, I paced just waiting for her. And also, my cats were freaked out and they were hiding, something that they never do. When she arrived, we searched my house, and I violently was kicking doors and opening and yelling if someone was in the house, I would stab them and just everything. But there was no one in there. I was still freaked out, and my best friend told me that I was spending the night with her at her house. I felt bad leaving my animals, but I couldn't bring them due to her having dogs that didn't like cats and could be aggressive with my dog at times. And as we were leaving, a thought hit me. What if the person was in the attic? My best friend told me that no way we were searching the attic and she grabbed me. I didn't call the police and my dad arrived home the next day and I told him what had happened the last night and he laughed at me and once again just brushed it off. I do believe though that there is or at least was someone living in my attic. I'm pretty scared to be left home alone overnight and I'll update if anything else happens and I do plan on moving out next year so I guess that's good. So I was sleeping last night and was having a terrible nightmare. I was dreaming that something was climbing in my bedroom window and my dad was shooting at it. It looked like Gollum from Lord of the Rings, except it was bluish grey and kind of more wrinkly. I jerk awake and lay there next to my boyfriend with my heart pounding out of my chest, and just as I'm drifting back off to sleep, I heard something. I heard a thump and a tapping on the glass sound coming from the back deck, which is right outside my bedroom window someone or something and I know how stupid that sounds was standing on my back deck tapping on the glass door which leads into the kitchen and that door and the garage door in the kitchen were both unlocked 
We live in a small town in a very nice subdivision, so we rarely lock our doors at night. But that isn't exactly what scared me. I'm not a nervous or easily scared person, so normally I would have no problem getting up and checking it out without even bothering to wake up the boyfriend. But what scared me was the absolute dread and terror that I felt at that moment. I can't explain it, but... It was the most scared that I've been in a long time, and basically over nothing, I suppose. Just a, a weird noise after a nightmare. No big deal. But it felt like a really big deal. It felt like if I got up out of bed that I was going to regret it. That I would see something that I couldn't unsee. Which was very out of character for me. I mean, I'm pretty much fearless for most things like that. Never been afraid of the dark, even as a kid. I was certainly awake though, and it was not sleep paralysis because my dog heard it too. He was sitting bolt upright in the bed with his ears perked, looking towards the hallway. Normally, he would be barking, or at least growling, but he didn't seem to want any part of whatever or whoever it was. This dog though will happily bite a chunk out of someone. He's a Jack Russell Terrier, so he's small, but he's enough of a jerk that we have to lock him up when we have company because he will bite. And he was practically crawling at my butt, trying to get away from that door. I only heard it off and on for less than a minute, but it seemed like forever to me. And then just nothing. Complete silence, as is usual in a neighborhood at 4am. I'm shaking my boyfriend and trying to crawl underneath him, I'm so terrified, but he wouldn't wake up. Which is unusual for him, I'll admit. He's not exactly a light sleeper or anything, but... He should have woken up the way that I was shaking him. He doesn't recall hearing anything and doesn't remember me trying to wake him. And yes, it could have just been an animal, but only the top half of the door is glass, so it wouldn't have been able to reach it. There's also nothing an animal could climb or stand on to reach the glass. If it was a prowler, why would they tap on the glass too? If it was a burglar, why didn't they come in on the unlocked door? Why was my dog so frightened and... Why wouldn't my boyfriend wake up? And most of all, why did this have to happen after such a horrible nightmare? We've lived here for 15 years and I've never heard that before, ever. And that dream seemed more real than most of my dreams. Very unsettling. I just don't know how to describe the pure terror I felt laying there with this whimpering dog on top of me, knowing that something was right outside of my window. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
So I have a lot of relatives in the UK and on the Thanksgiving of 2012, I went there with my family. I don't want to make this too long because it's honestly very traumatizing, but I'll try to be quick about it. So when we were sitting down and eating, everyone started to hear this yelling. There was a big window that exposed the front yard and I saw balloons so I thought that it was somebody's birthday. I ignored it and as one Christian family does, we began to pray. It was all quiet until again I heard yelling but I also heard this inhumane chanting and yelling and talking all at the same time. It kind of sounded like Russian mixed with German mixed with a, an Asian language but with a super fast robotic tone. I know that that sounds weird, but honestly, that's the only way I can describe it. It was a terrifying sound though, and I've never heard it before or since then, and I just bursted into tears. Mind you, I was like six at the time, but it was so faint that I thought it might have just been the TV that was left on at one point. But my parents got up and they rushed over to the door and they locked it and didn't give it a second look. I was too curious to just let it go, so I got up and ran over to look outside. And that was a huge mistake. I looked around and there was nothing there and initially I calmed down. But then something bolted by and it was not human, just like its voice. It ran through the yard and I started to scream my head off. Even my dad yelled, what the hell, so loud, and I'd never heard him say that before, at least not seriously. But then I spotted it. It kind of walked like an old lady, but super, super fast. Its arms were bent and its steps were large and open. It had a dark tint of green to its skin and it had long, long gray hair. But in the face, it looked like just a normal girl, probably around the same age that I was but it was a little bit large, I'll admit. Like, not tall large or fat large, but everything on it was just abnormally sized. It wasn't wearing any clothes, and it wasn't holding anything, but that's all I saw. It didn't see me, and it just walked, and I looked around again to see if it was there, and it was gone. Now, I'll admit that it honestly could have just been a birthday party, and that was some sick kind of entertainment, and that's what I'm going to believe until proven otherwise, because I pray to God that that thing wasn't real. I haven't wanted to speak about it until this moment, and I thought that right now was a good time to share it. How I described it, though, just isn't even half as scary as it was to see it, because honestly, it's so hard to explain. It was disgusting, and it didn't just look like someone naked painted in green, it was just this thing, like nothing I've ever seen or heard about or even read anything about. And I sure hope that I never have to see it again. So one winter night, I'm in bed watching TV with the remote and my cell phone in my hands. I was in the living room, my grandfather sleeping on the bed next to the sofa, other family members sleeping upstairs... It was quiet. I felt tired, so I turned off the TV, exchanged a few texts with friends, locked my phone, and I snoozed off on the couch. It was about 3.30am, uh, I think, and my phone notified me that I'd just received a message. I unlocked my phone, started reading the message, and behind the view of my phone screen, I could see something moving. 
At first, I thought that there were car lights and continued reading, but there were no cars passing by outside my house at that time. I turned my phone away and I saw a huge cloud, like a mass in front of the closed white door, in the air, very dark and it was kind of sparkling. It was big, thick, but not translucent, and it was moving like liquid. I locked my eyes to it and it started moving to the left and towards me. I panicked and yelled out as loud as I could, grabbed the remote and turned the TV on. And as soon as I hit the buttons on the remote, it just vanished. I called for my mum to come and get me since I was petrified and I couldn't stop crying. I woke everybody up and obviously nobody believed me. To this day, I've found that the event had been so traumatic that I remember it as clearly as if it happened yesterday. But if you have any idea of what this could have been, if you've experienced something similar, please don't ignore this request and please share your story with me or your advice because I would love to know what the heck that was. I work at a coffee shop and I'm usually always the only person on shift, which means opening and closing by myself pretty much every day. Even though I'm in Baltimore, I was pretty aloof and not too worried about anything happening. But the other day, I had two guys that live across the street from my job come in and tell me that over the past two weeks, there's been an older man with a truck sitting and watching me on at least five separate occasions. He never stays less than an hour, just sits and watches. They weren't sure who he was actually watching at first, but one day when he was out there, I had to walk to the store and it was very obvious that I was the one that he was watching. It kind of freaked me out about how oblivious I was, but then the other night as the last customer left, there was a man standing in front of the store waiting for them to leave. He fit the description that the man gave me, so I was a bit wary. He tried to get in once he saw that they were gone and I was alone. So I thought fast and I clicked the doors and said that they were closed. He became visibly frustrated and started asking if he could talk to me, that he couldn't hear me through the glass. And he had just a, a creepy, almost excited look on his face, kind of like a dog about to get fed. I told him no, that I had to close and he needed to go. He started to knock on the glass harder and harder and I told him that I was going to call the cops and walk to get my phone and when I looked back, another store owner had come to see if I needed help and he was gone. I haven't seen him since then but my job has started to get a lot of hang-ups recently. I do have a taser and I have pepper spray but I'm 5'2 and 100 pounds and I don't know if I'll be able to defend myself well enough against a 200 pound dude. I'm properly creeped out and I don't know what I should do because I don't really want to be the subject of an episode of Investigation Discovery or something. About a year ago, I was in a very dark place spiritually and emotionally. I rarely prayed and I had so many insecurities, worries and problems in my life that it was a struggle to just get by day by day. It was at this period in my life that I started to wake up to these black figures in my room almost every night. I can't remember when it started, but I remember the worst nights to this day. 
Usually, they show up either beside or at the end of my bed, sinister and blacker than black. I never had sleep paralysis, and there was never anything in my room that could look like these things, yet I still saw them. It got so bad, in fact, that I had to sleep with a flashlight next to my bed because the only way to get rid of them was to quickly shine my torch at them when I woke up. Now, usually I would wake up to one in my room, which would freak me out on its own, but one night I woke up and saw three of them all surrounding my bed, all the same height and all facing straight towards me, not moving or talking, just kind of watching me. Now, all of this can be explained rationally, right? Overactive imagination or just being half asleep. Well, I have two reasons why I think that these things are very much real. So I woke up one night seeing a smaller one like a child at the end of my bed, and for some reason I wasn't scared. I think it was because I was still waking up, but I've never spoken to these things ever, but on that night, I did. I just said, I can see you, while looking towards it, and the creepiest thing happened. It started moving towards my desk, and literally stood behind my desk as if it was trying to hide. And my other reason is earlier this year some missionaries came to our place for dinner and I asked them to bless the house and our family. And after that I never saw one in my room again. Many can call this coincidence I know but I don't think it was. I think those things were very real and something got rid of them. I don't tell anyone in my family because I think they would be creeped out to say the least and I don't want to scare them. Plus I'm not so sure that anyone is going to believe me. So I was about 13 at the time that this happened. It was coming up for my mum's birthday and I had no idea what to get her so I called my aunt for help. We agreed to meet in town on Saturday afternoon after my piano lesson so we wouldn't have to rush. I went to my piano lesson as usual, dropped my books back at the house and went to the bus stop to get the bus into town. As I was waiting, a taxi pulled up and the driver rolled down the window and called out, Hey, are you going to so-and-so? I'll give you a lift. Without moving closer to the taxi, I replied that I couldn't afford a taxi, and plus the bus would be there in a minute. It was, as usual, running late. The taxi driver became insistent, though, that I get into his taxi and that he wouldn't charge me to go to town. I stood my ground, refusing to get in, but his tone became more aggressive as he demanded that I get into his taxi over the next minute or so. Someone else arrived at the bus stop and the taxi driver sped off, swearing at me for not getting into the taxi. I told my aunt what happened when I met her in town and she asked if I had his license number so she could report the incident. I explained that I didn't want to move closer to the taxi to get the number and that at first I thought that he was just looking for a fare. My aunt is pretty sure that if I had gotten into that taxi that I wouldn't have been dropped off into town but taken somewhere else and she told me that next time this happens to tell them to get lost or I'll scream and if they approach to try and run. For a large chunk of my childhood, my dad and my stepmom lived in this house that was built in the 50s and made me fear the nighttime every weekend that I had to stay there. Most nights that I stayed there, I would wake up at some point in the night and hear either symphonic orchestral music coming from downstairs or what kind of sounded like monks chanting. It scared me so badly that I couldn't even get up to go and wake my dad up. 
and I just kind of laid there, paralyzed with fear. One day, though, when I was a teenager, my stepmom briefly and casually told me that she can see spirits. She and my dad are incredibly religious, so that's not necessarily something she likes to talk about. She doesn't want to see them, and unfortunately for her, she's a realtor, so she sees them frequently, as I'm sure you can imagine. Anyway, she tells me that she often sees the spirit of an old man and a little boy, but not necessarily together, in our house. There are many other little things that happen in that house as well. Like, I remember my aunt, very level-headed, being afraid of our dining room and or dining room table for some reason that she never disclosed. I remember one day that my dad came downstairs and found a literal pile of dirt in front of the door to the laundry room and the closet, and no idea how it got there. We also had ADT, and our alarm system would sometimes go off in the middle of the night with no explanation. Now, one day, my stepmom is home alone in the office, which is in the back of the house, on the first floor, and always gave everyone the creeps. She hears a noise coming from the living room. There were three DVD stacks on top of each other on the top of the TV, and the DVD stack that was in the middle was now laying in the middle of the room, and had hit the floor so hard that the flap in the middle that holds the discs had been broken out of the case. One day, my dad is home alone and leaves to go run a quick errand. He's gone for maybe 20 minutes, and when he comes back, there are loads of flies just surrounding the inside of the window in the garage that definitely weren't there before. One night, I woke up and heard what sounded like a, a small bouncy ball being gently tossed down the stairs. I went back to sleep that night, and I never mentioned it. But several weeks later, my best friend Josie is spending the night and we're sleeping down in the less used living room, big house, and she wakes me up and tells me that she heard what sounded like a bouncy ball being bounced in the foyer. I'm sure that there's more that I can't remember, but all of it, as you can imagine, has really creeped me out. This happened about a year and a half ago and it was around 2 or 3 a.m. in the Houston area, one of the top cities for sex trafficking, on a weeknight. My friend and I were driving around and we stopped at a Walgreens for something that I can't remember. Only, I got out of the car to go into the store and I saw a white van just sitting outside. At the time, I didn't think anything of this. So, after I make my purchase, I walk back to my friend's car and we leave. As we were driving off the lot though, she comments that her tire air pressure light had come on and so we needed to stop to put some air in it. For whatever reason, we stopped at the most sketchy or secluded gas station to air up at and it was closed as well. The dumbest decision ever, I know, but we both got out of the car to air it up and about a minute passes before I just started feeling this rush of intuition screaming at me that it was time to leave. Following my instinct, I tell my friend that her and I should leave because I wasn't having a very good feeling about something. She agrees and puts away the air pump, and I kid you not, as she's putting the hose up, that same white van from Walgreens zoomed up to us in that gas station. It all happened so fast, but I was screaming at my friend to rush into the car and dip out of there. As we hopped into the car, the van door slid open so fast and these huge men were coming out of it. Thank God that we were in the car in time because if we would have waited just a mere 30 seconds more, chances are I wouldn't be typing this. 
We sped out of the gas station and, of course, the van started following us until eventually we lost them. I have many theories about this situation, but one of them is that they could have been sex traffickers and they spotted me at the Walgreens as an easy target. I'm a noticeably feminine gay man and decided to hunt me down and my friend too who is actually a girl. Regardless though, one thing is certain, I know that their intentions were not good at all. Be careful out there, hey. When I was younger, the show Ghost Hunters was a new thing. Me and my friend used to hang out around the local ice rink in Flagstaff AZ and call out spirits for fun. And the first night was something that I'll never forget. The first night we saw a soda can get lifted and suspended in air for a second and then drop. There's a shed next to the ice rink with a garage door there and something was banging on the door and the lights came on inside. The only way to get in was the side door or the garage door and neither had been opened. We started telling some other people about it and next thing you know, people would come around the woods, Buffalo Park, next to the rink just to call out spirits. But we've seen uh, full body apparitions with red eyes, three people all saw a little girl turn into a wolf and run off into pitch black darkness at the same time and we had several people with us when we saw yellow darting eyes and heard a drum approach us and at the very end, it was like somebody banged a drum right in front of us and everybody just ran in fear. Some wild stuff for sure. Hard to get others to believe my stories, I know, so I hardly tell them, but I know the truth and my friends know the truth as well. But anyways, years later, I went through a religious phase and became Christian after straightening my life out. And while praying in my living room one day, my bedroom was tossed around. I heard my name being called by what sounded like a, a chorus. I had some sort of a, a demonic hiss in my ear that I could feel the breath of after I prayed for God to help me with my strange encounters. And it stopped after that and didn't resume until another two years later. So uh, I was with my girlfriend at the time asleep in my room when I woke up laying on my side and I saw what looked like black stripes of cloth that had a smoky texture to them above my girlfriend. Half awake, I reached over to her and shook her, and, and then I rolled over to see what looked like the Grim Reaper on my ceiling. It was a hooded large figure that was pitch black, smoky texture, but you could see the outline of its body like arms, head, and torso. Its robes were moving like they were alive. It's really hard to explain, but I felt that every part of this thing was somehow alive, like some sort of energy that you can sense. It leaned down like it was trying to get a better look at me and at that point, I lost it. My body automatically started to scream on its own louder than I've ever screamed before and I couldn't stop it. The feeling of fear that I felt that day was the most surreal feeling that I could never explain. It was just truly horrific and dreadful the feeling that I had. My girlfriend woke up amongst my screams and she saw it as well and completely shut down crying and hiding under a blanket while I shouted go away just uncontrollably. It was like my brain knew what to do but my body went into action yelling and I just watched and eventually I ended up passing out I think from fear. The passing out was unusual though because I've been on a plane that had an engine failure and almost crashed into trees and the fear that I felt from that thinking that I was certainly going to die 
was still not even close to the feeling of fear that this thing gave me. It was like my soul was afraid of it or something, not just my body and mind. Anyways, after that encounter, we had a door pop open on its own after waking up at 3am and that was the end of it for quite a long time. Fast forward to now, I live in an apartment with my daughter and her mother. We've not had much unusual stuff happen during the time that we've been together. The only strange thing that we have had happen was we both woke up at 1.20am when my girlfriend was pregnant and her water broke minutes after. That one I think was probably just a strange coincidence but it's probably worth mentioning. But the other night I woke up and saw a dark figure rising out of the space between our closet and doorway. Thinking that I was just half awake and still dreaming kind of I just shrugged it off as just that. The following day, my girlfriend and me are home and we start hearing some serious banging on the bathroom door while in the living room watching TV. I rush to see why my girlfriend is making so much noise and we meet in the hallway. She was frustrated, asking why I would scare her like that. I told her that I'd just gotten up to see what the noise was too and she gave me a frightened look and then just told me that she didn't believe me and we got into a short argument about it. But the next night, I'm awake in bed next to her and we're both on our phones when we hear what sounds like someone going through our kitchen drawers. The sound of silverware rustling around and the wooden drawer sliding open was enough to make me get up and grab my Mossberg and my girlfriend to phone the police. I turn my tack light on and investigate for potential intruders and when I hit the kitchen, it's clear but the kitchen drawers are opened, which is really weird. I switch that light on and the living room light on too and there's nothing. I check my daughter's playroom and the bathroom and all clear. I realize no windows have been opened and the front door is still locked and not messed with. I tell my girlfriend to tell the dispatcher that there was no break in. They tell her and they still want to send an officer out to follow up but we decline and let the woman on the phone know that we'll call if needed. We make sure the house is clear one last time, talking about what happened, and eventually we go to sleep. Just this morning, I woke up with my girlfriend, and we start our day as usual, heading into the kitchen to get our daughter's breakfast started, and now everything is open, drawers and cabinets, and nothing is thrown out, nothing is taken or destroyed. We both know that something just isn't right, and we're looking into what we can do. My girlfriend found a shop that sells crystals and all that other crap and we get something called holy wooden candles. We're told to burn the candles while burning the holy wood and say a prayer while walking room to room with the burning holy wood. And as far as this moment goes, I haven't seen or heard anything but I'm 100% sure that something has attached itself to me at some point. All I'm hoping is that this is the end and that finally... I've gotten rid of it. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. 
Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.